not 100. Beginning in verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Try as they may, I have come to realize over the past few weeks in studying this passage of Scripture that like the hymn we just sung earlier, Jesus, the very thought of Thee, without the Spirit of God, and without a work of grace wrought within the heart, though they might sing the words, of this psalm, they could never, ever enjoy the blessings which these words speak of. The blessings to truly know God. To enter in His presence with singing. To be glad. To know that we are His people and the sheep of his pasture. No voice can sing, nor heart can frame, nor can, man, can the memory find a sweeter sound than thy blessed name, O Savior of mankind. But what to those we find, all this no tongue nor pen can show the love of Jesus what it is, none but his loved ones know. This 100th Psalm has proven to greatly challenge my understanding of worship like never before. And I've come to the conclusion, not that I question whether I've ever really truly worshipped God. I know in my heart I never truly have not in the degree, not in the measure, which I feel is truly glorifying to God. And it is my firm belief that any true child of God will come up with the same conclusion when they consider how much we owe God and how little we give back in reverencing His name, in thanking His name. It will take an eternity. And even then, our praises shall not end. Lost in wonder, love and praise. So great is our God. For though one might learn the words of the hymns and the psalms, and though one might study the various methods and manners in which men use to worship God. 
without the Holy Spirit of God and without a work of grace in the heart, all those things are but vain. We must worship God in spirit and in truth. And therefore, I am greatly rejoicing this morning that on the threshold of a new year, by the good providence of our God, we are standing before this Psalm 100. It's good to give thanks unto the Lord, our brother read in Psalm 92. And I hope and pray with all my heart that this morning the Holy Spirit of God would teach us as only He can, as God's people, as the sheep of His pasture, how to give thankfulness unto God in a manner and in a spirit which is glorifying to God. Verse 4, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. The words of this glorious psalm, like God Himself who inspired all, Scripture are ever present. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. They inspire us as God's people and the sheep of His pasture to thank and praise God for past, present, and future mercies. For the Lord, the psalmist said, is, not was, not will be, but is ever present. Just like Psalm 24, 23, the Lord is my shepherd. For the Lord is good, always will be, will never stop to be, always has been, always presently is. It encompasses all time and eternity, not just the moment. When we think of the past year and the tender mercies of our God, we say the Lord is good. He never stopped being good. We can say the Lord was good, but the truth of it is the Lord is good. He never stopped being good. His mercy is, the psalmist says, not was or will be the Lord. The mercy, Lord, His mercy is ever-present, everlasting. It never stops. So for the child of God, we can say His mercy was good, but in reality we say His mercy is continuing. It's never stopped. It's an ongoing <laughs> melody in the heart. Never ending, never stopping, never finding a place or time where it stopped or ceased. It's continuing always. And His truth endureth to all generations. 
What a marvelous and wonderful truth to end an old year and enter into a new one. I know with us we're limited by time. But these words of the psalmist tell us that there is no stopping. The Lord doesn't stop on December 31, stop being good, and then starts anew on January 1. No, the psalmist says, no, we always know the Lord is good. He's always been good. His mercy is always everlasting. His truth will always endure. And so we carry it on through it. It's a continual flow. One that grows wider like a, like a river that grows into a, a, a creek that grows into a river. It begins to get larger and wider as we grow in our Christian lives, as our fellowship with God increases and we begin to know more about God. This praise of God begins to get greater and bigger. It never stops. It never stops. It never ceases. So we can say with the psalmist, the Lord is good. The truths of God encompass and embraces all time. Why is this important? Because many times we limit God in our minds, like the Hebrews did in the wilderness, Psalm says. We limit Him in His mind. No, the praise and thanksgiving we give to God is a, must be a continual flowing. The truths of God encompass and embraces all time. I will bless, the psalmist said, Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually, continually be in my mouth. This is a psalm that never ends. It speaks of a praise and thanksgiving that shall never find an end. Once it starts, oh, dearly beloved, it continues to flow continually. Like that water in the wilderness when Moses struck that rock, that water followed them throughout the wilderness for 40 years and never ceased and never stopped. I'm telling you, this is exactly what our praise is for God. It doesn't stop with the old year and begin anew in the new. No, we bring the old with us and it's a continual flowing of being thankful unto God. Psalm 89.1, the psalmist said, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. Would the psalmist say? His mercies are what? Everlasting? Psalm 89, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness. Truth to all generations. Sounds like he's echoing Psalm 100. I believe all the psalms that encourages us and exhort us to praise and thank God, I believe all of those psalms must find their fountainhead in Psalm 100. I believe Psalm 100 in that sense stands above all other psalms in regards to praising God and thanking Him. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. Sometimes when I look upon believers, especially during worship service and afterwards, when one's speaking about the goodness and grace and mercy of God, one wonders if they understood anything that was preached. How could you not be joyful and glad, jubilant over hearing about the wonderful mercies and loving kindness and goodness of your God? How could you not 
be glad and rejoice. And so it is with the words of this 100th Psalm. We sing His praises with thanksgiving for mercies past while shouting words of praises and thanksgiving for future mercies to come. Why? For we know that the Lord God, He is, again, ever-present, He is God. It is He that hath made it, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Therefore, we enter not only into His gates and courts, but into a new year with thanksgiving and praise with thankfulness and blessing His name. It flows into the new year. The world makes New Year's resolutions. God is not a New Year resolution. We take what we've already been given of God and we bring it into the new year with greater joy, with greater anticipation, with greater excitement. Because God is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endureth. Endureth to all generations. Look at verse 4. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him. This is an amazing truth which I believe many people overlook or go quickly, too quickly past it to get to verse 5. But we mustn't. Listen to the psalmist because he's teaching us how to worship and praise God. The divine object of being thankful in this psalm is not for any benefits received. Listen to me. But unto Him. Be thankful unto Him. Unlike Psalm 103, right across the page, listen to these words. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And then he goes on to describe the benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thine diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy. Psalm 103 causes us to be thankful and bless his name for benefits received. Yet in Psalm 100, the object of our being thankful is not for any benefit, but it's being thankful for God himself, for himself, who God is. Again, I'm not saying that we must not be ever thankful for His many benefits. But it's the author of those benefits, which in Psalm 100, the psalmist draws our attention. It's the author of those benefits which deserves our greatest thankfulness. Sometimes we're looking upon the benefits when the psalmist in 100 says, look upon the author of those benefits. Be thankful unto Him. 
and I'm getting a whole ahead of myself, but the verse 4 begins with entering into His gates with thanksgiving. But once we're in the gates, once we're within that inner sanctuary, the psalmist says, now when you're in the sanctuary, you've come in with thankfulness and you come in with praise. Now be thankful unto Him. Let Him be the sole object of your thankfulness. And bless His name. Not on account of any benefits received, not on account of any mercies given, but be thankful unto God. I say that because I believe this portion of worship is missing many times in the lives of the believer. We come into the church and we're thankful about the benefits and mercies God's given us. And surely we must always never forget those benefits. We should always praise Him for those benefits. But the psalmist takes us higher than that. The psalmist says, yes, praise God for His benefits. But in Psalm 100, he says, when you enter into His gates and into His courts with thanksgiving and praise, thank God. Him for who He is. Even Psalm 103 follows this divine instruction. For look in verse 1 before He says, forget not all His benefits in verse 2. Look how the psalmist begins. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. He even starts with that same divine method. He begins with God. He begins with God. You see why it's so important for us to grow in the knowledge, in in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is eternal life that they might know Thee and Thy Son. We must always, in our worship, set God Himself before any praising and thanking of His benefits. Acknowledging Him to be not only our Creator and our Maker, but acknowledging Him to be who He is. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Then be thankful unto Him. Isn't that amazing? There's a general thanksgiving with which we must enter into His gates with. And we enter into that gate as a corporate body of believers. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. It's accompanied with all the saints. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. You see how that flows? As a people, we enter into His gates with thanksgiving. As a people, we come together on Sunday and we lift up our praises to God as a corporate body of believers. And that's a sweet Savior in the, in the nostrils of God. That's something that pleases God. When all His people dwell together in unity, we sang that psalm. It's blessed when God's people are in unity. As we'll look in a few minutes, even David said that. He said he was thankful when they said unto me, Let us go up into the house of God. Our feet shall stand It's a blessed thing when God's people in unity gather together to lift up thanksgiving. But then he says, now that you're in the inner sanctuary and you've brought the thanksgiving of God's people, now you be thankful unto Him. Unto God. David said in Psalm 122, I was glad when they said unto me, let us Go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates. Sounds like Psalm 100, doesn't it? 
Yet once inside, there is a personal and intimate thankfulness with every true believer offers unto God. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Be thankful unto him. You remember when Peter and John and James were with the Lord at Mount Transfiguration? Moses and Elijah appeared to him. Man, they were all so amazed and surprised. I don't know how they recognized Moses and Elijah. I mean, they didn't have, you know, cameras back in that time, but they evidently did. Something about them they recognized. And so Peter says, Well, I'm just so excited about this. Let's build three tabernacles. A voice came from heaven and said, No, no, no. <clears throat> this is my beloved son. And they fell on the ground. And when they lifted up their heads, what did they see? They didn't see Moses and Elijah anymore. Who'd they see? They seen Christ. Only Christ. We come in together, our hearts united in love and fellowship, our hearts united in praise and thanksgiving. I'm telling you, something has happened since COVID came into the world and the world started and many Christians started looking at uh, having services over the internet. I'm telling you, Satan has greatly used that to deceive many professing believers to believe that they can exist without corporate worship, that a, that a, that a monitor, an internet can replace that physical corporate worship. I'm telling you, it cannot, it never will. When we gather together physically and we begin lifting up our praises, we begin praying unto God and giving thanks unto God. <clears throat> Have you ever noticed that when the Word of God begins to be preached, it's almost like you're by yourself. You're listening to every word. And sometimes you think, oh, God's speaking directly to me. I remember, especially when I was beginning to get convicted for my sins, <clears throat> I looked around and thought somebody told him something about me because what he's saying is nobody could have known that. How could they? And I thought somebody's been telling on me. And then later on as a Christian, even now when I sit under the preaching of the Word of God, though there are a multitude of people surrounding me and the Word of God preaches, it strikes my heart. It's personal. It's intimate. And in my heart, I begin thanking God. And when I go home, I thank God that He spoke to me. I can't speak for others, but I can speak for myself. <clears throat> That's what the psalmist is saying. Once you've entered into those gates, now give a private, intimate, personal thanksgiving unto God. Be thankful unto Him. Do you know that ingratitude is a very serious sin against God? And it's one which greatly dishonors Him. There is nothing in this world, there's nothing that we face in this world, there's no tragedy, there's no darkness, there's no trouble, affliction, anything that should ever make our hearts not thankful Amen. for God. In fact, God's wrath shall be upon the sinful man in Romans chapter 1. 
because that when they knew God in a natural sense, <clears throat> not spiritual, Romans says they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. You know, we speak often about the wrath and judgment which awaits those who die without Christ. But you know, one of your sins that you will suffer the wrath of God for if you die without Christ is because you were not thankful. You're not thankful in that God sent His only begotten Son into the world. You were full of ingratitude. And the wrath of God, Romans 1 says, will be revealed from heaven because you was not thankful. Were there not ten cleansed? Luke chapter 17, when the Lord healed ten lepers. Were there not ten? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God. Save the stranger. who fell down at Christ's feet and gave Him thanks. <clears throat> you see how those tie together? Christ said, they didn't return to give glory unto God. Well, how did this one leper give glory unto God? By giving thanks unto God. He was giving God glory. One. Could that mean that <clears throat> one in every ten in the church, truly glorify God by giving Him thanks. Nine were healed physically. <coughs> Excuse me. Only one healed both physically and spiritually. Many people leave the house of God going, <coughs> Excuse me. It was nice to be in the house of God. It's a good sermon. Preacher did a good job. Or maybe not. And they leave unaffected. No spiritual blessing. <coughs> no truth revealed. Yet they're content with that. But there's always that one that says, you know what? God revealed something to me today that enriched my love for Him. And I'm so thankful to God for that. It's like we said in permitting. <clears throat> we live in a world today, especially in America, where so many Christians are not thankful for what they have and what God's given them. There's churches in Russia and China, like we've heard even in Iran, that are blossoming today. You know what they'd give to be able to have a place of worship publicly and not underground? You know what many of those people would give to have a pastor? They will stand up and preach the Word of God to them and feed the flock of God. The church or the state of the church in America is in a most deplorable state. And I think partially due to being unthankful. Yes, other things contribute to that. Other sins. 
but I think one of them, if not the most, is an unthankful heart. We always, with our mouths, thank God. But it's easy to do that with our mouth, like the brother prayed. It's easy to thank God with our mouth. But do we thank God in our hearts? Are we truly thankful for all He's given us? There is a spiritual balm, a spiritual fulfillment in a heart full of thankfulness. Do you know that? Not only for his mercies, the leper was thankful because his leprosy was healed. I'm sure he was thankful for that. But you know what made him whole? Christ said, thy faith has made thee whole. You know what made him whole? When his heart was filled with thankfulness for Christ. He came back, fell on his feet, worshipped Christ and thanked him. That glorified God and therefore he was made whole. You know why a lot of Christians leave the church not whole? They were not thankful for what God has given them. The measure and quality of our thanksgiving as we come together as a church is greatly dependent upon the thankfulness within our own hearts. You follow me? The measure of our Thanksgiving as a corporate group of believers is greatly dependent upon the thankfulness within each one of our hearts. When we all come into the church together unified, we talk about unity all the time. It's unity of heart as well. When we all come into church unified and, and our hearts full of thankfulness for God, for who He is and what He's done, then our thanksgiving is then pleasing before God. But when we come into the house of God and our hearts are not thankful for Him and who He is, then our thanksgiving is going to fall far short of what God deserves. We are really, truly dependent upon one another. Do you know that? Do you know our worship is dependent upon one another? Do you you know that? Look in the Word of God when there was sin in the church, when there was sin in the camp. God's, all God's people suffered for it. But when we come together as a body of believers and we've all, in our own private lives, when we've all been thankful to God, we bring that thankfulness into the house of God, then when our thanksgiving as a corporate believer comes before God, it is most pleasing in the sight of God. And we're made whole as a church. Could that be why there's so many divisions and schisms amongst God's people? One of many others. And if we're thankful unto Him for Himself, be thankful unto Him, not for benefits received, though we give God praise for that, but if we're thankful unto God for Himself, for who He is, if we know who He is, if we're acquainted with God, it'll matter nothing if we lose all things. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. We all know the passage of Scripture, but let's read it together anyway. Job chapter 1. 
Job chapter 1. If we're thankful unto Him, then it doesn't matter if we lose all things. Here's the evidence of how much we thank God. Job chapter 1, verse 20. Then Job, after he lost everything, his sons, his house, his riches, everything. Then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshipped. How did he worship? Well, we have it in verse 21. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord, hath, Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed. Be sanctified, honored, glorified. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Bless His name. Sounds like Psalm 100, doesn't it? Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Isn't it amazing that it, the Holy Word of God says that Job didn't charge God foolishly because he blessed God? Regardless of the fact that he lost so much, he still blessed God. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And yet the psalmist would even declare unto us, the true source and inspiration for our being thankful unto Him. Go back to Psalm 100 quickly, and I'll show you. The psalm, psalmist doesn't just simply say, be thankful and then leave it at that. No. <laughs> he gives us the inspiration and the motive for our being thankful unto Him and blessing His name. Look at verse 4 again. Let's read 4 and 5 together. I want you to catch this. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for. This is why. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. Three things. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth. It's amazing. He doesn't use all attributes of God, just one. Two, mercy, if you want to count that, and it's true, they're in a way all attributes. But he begins with the Lord is good. He uses the goodness of God. I'm not going to have time to get in that this morning, but I'm going to give you food for thought for the week so that you can meditate it going into the new year. Into the, new year. the Lord is good. He uses that attribute. Because everything God does, every other attribute of God is grounded in His goodness. Do you know that? It's grounded in His goodness. His acts of mercy and kindness and love, even wrath and judgment and holiness. It's all in goodness. Everything God does is good. Everything He does is good. God is, is not just generally good. God is the essence of good itself. He's not occasionally good. He's good all the time. He's good. God is good. God is even good to you this morning if you're without Christ because you're still breathing air. You're not dead in your sins yet in the sense that you're going to hell. He's good to you this morning. He's good to you. And Romans tells us what happens if you deny and reject that goodness of God. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. It's the goodness of God that's patient with you, that's long-suffering with you. It's the goodness of God that you're still breathing air. 
Everything that God does is good. So be thankful unto Him because He's good. He's good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures. The psalmist uses only three. A threefold cord that cannot be broken. He said this is the inspiration for us thanking Him. He could have went through the whole... This is the amazing thing about the Word of God. He could have went through all the attributes of God, and I'm sure in reality we could, but He uses only three. His goodness, His mercy, and His truth. And some refer to His faithfulness. He's good. He's merciful. He's faithful. Be thankful unto Him. So you see the psalmist in Psalm 100. Though we should thank God for all His benefits, the psalmist in 100, Psalm 100 tells us how all true praise and thanksgiving should begin, not with the benefits received, for which we should never forget Psalm 103, but begin with God. Do you know Him? Are you acquainted with Him? Our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Start with God, for He's good. What a wonderful, wonderful passage of Scripture to enter into the new year and exit an old one with the memory and the truths on our hearts and our minds that God is good. He has always been good. He is good. And as we enter into the new year, He will continue to be good all the time. All the time. Yeah, but I'm suffering affliction. I'm suffering. He's still good. I have trials and troubles and sorrows. He's still good. You see, that's exactly, as we'll see next week, first Sunday of the year, that's exactly what we'll find out next week. It's recognizing and acknowledging God's goodness that lifts us out of our depths of sorrow and despair. You see, faith raises us above all reasoning. He puts upon a rock, puts a new song in our hearts. Why? Because He's good. God's always good. Why is that so important? Again, in preparation. As a young Christian, many times in my Christian life, and I'm sure maybe you too, things would happen in my life that I couldn't understand. Hardships, trials, and I thought, well, God's not being good to me. I didn't say that, but that's really what I thought. All things work together for what? The good. Why? Because he's good. You see, we kind of we kind of limit that passage of scripture to just what we understand being good. But all things work together for good to them who are the called. Then we love God. Why are all things working out together for the good? Because he's good. And what now looks like a tragedy. What now looks like something that's painful and could never possibly work for my good will eventually turn out for my good because He's good. You see, Psalm 100 is really the fountainhead, the source of all thanksgiving and praise unto God. We must start there. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and in his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Be thankful unto him.
and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy everlasting, and his truth, faithfulness, endureth to all generations. With that, we continue into a new year singing his praises. For he is most worthy. Amen. Be thankful unto him for who he is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask now, Lord, that you would help us as your people and the sheep of thy pasture to meditate upon this passage of Scripture. Lord, we can sing the words of the Psalms. We can sing the words of the hymns. Lord, we can even discuss the different manner and methods people use to worship God with instruments, without instruments, with the chorus, acapella. Yet, Lord, we cannot learn the truths of Psalm 100 without the Holy Spirit. Tune our hearts, the hymn says, to sing thy praise. It is the Holy Spirit who must tune our hearts to sing the praise. If we cannot pray as we ought to pray and the Holy Spirit needs to assist us, then Lord, truly when it comes to worship, we cannot do it of our own. Holy Spirit of God, we pray that you would help us to worship God in spirit and truth for such seeketh the Father to worship him. Spirit and in truth. Be thankful unto God and bless his name. What a wonderful truth to enter into a new year and to remind us of the tender mercies of our God in the past year. He's good, merciful, truth endureth to all generations. Bless now we pray, for we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. And amen.